Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are down in Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. Well, let's face it, sooner or later, you'll be coming back to Las Vegas. In the meantime, though, we're sending Vegas to you to go. But when you do come here, maybe you'll be looking for glamour. Today, you'll meet the colorist of the stars, Michael Boychuk. If you're interested in the great outdoors, we've got that for you today as well. Our friends from the Nature Conservancy are here to talk about the incredible drive to Zion National Park. In the meantime, our ensemble of regulars are here as well. If it's food and drink you're interested in, gourmet chef Justin Wells, barbecue master Mike Ross, and your Vegas sommelier Matt Leos are all on today's show. Michael Shackelford, the Wizard of Odds, is with us to talk about poker and your Vegas art guru. Pawn Star's own Brett Maley talks about the need to properly frame your artwork. And on the Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet one of America's top baseball writers, Dan Schlossberg. First up, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. In today's Vegas, Scott says some usual Vegas things are now a little different. We heard all the horror stories about no more buffets, and we know that in general that's true. However, you had an article in VitalVegas.com, which is a must-read, and that is that Wynn's Buffet, which is great anyway, is coming back, but you're going to be able to order at your table. Yeah, I think uh, everybody's looking at buffets very seriously. I think, you know, some of the some of the basics of a buffet really don't – they don't have to do with the self-service element. Uh, that's been the tradition, but I think the concern about shared utensils is a legitimate one. And But I don't think there's this giant shift uh, for buffets to become more like traditional restaurants. You're basically, uh, you're ordering at your table. You could use an electronic device. I think all the buffets, they're, they're very uh, popular, obviously. They're not a huge moneymaker for the casinos, but they're a way for people to, to get in and eat and get back to the casino floor, which is always good for a casino. Uh, but, I, but I think in the case of Wynn, they're looking at new technology. Uh, this hasn't been reported elsewhere, of course. Thank you so much for the plug from my website. Uh, but I, I actually have contacts in the win uh, who are saying that it's going to be uh, more like a traditional restaurant. It's going to involve more staffing. Uh, and in many cases, in a lot of these buffets, they're talking about doing it kind of cafeteria style. So if somebody walks up to the counter, they're not going to serve themselves. They are going to... Uh, point at something, and then the employee is going to put it on their plate. So they've avoided the uh, the shared utensil element, and obviously the capacities of these places will be lower to begin with. So I think that everyone's looking at creative solutions. Uh, a couple will not be back. Golden Nugget will not be back, but that was in the works before uh, the crisis. And TI also, I believe their uh, buffet is going away. But I think uh, quite a few, they, they might not be open from day one, but uh, places like the Wynn, they know people love it. So they're trying to find workarounds, and they're going to provide a level of safety and comfort that will make people want to do buffets again. 
Thanks, Scott. Visit VitalVegas.com every day and follow Scott on Twitter at VitalVegas. The news is reliable and the photos make you feel like you're already there. What do Paris Hilton, Leanne Rimes, and many visiting celebrities have in common? They all go see Michael Boychuk at Caesars Palace. When you come to Las Vegas, you want to do everything first class, whether it's dining, whether it's the top shows. But one of the things you want to do is make yourself look as good as you can to get into that mood. And there's a place at Caesars Palace called Colors, run by Michael Boychuk. He's renowned throughout the globe on this, and he'll make you look as good as you can possibly look. And it's just a really fun place. Well, Michael, welcome. Did you take a while for you to develop the vibe that's in here? Because there's really a thing from the minute you walk in, if it's exciting. You know, it, it didn't take that long, really, because uh, Caesars was so behind me when I came here. They said, we want to have the best salon in the city, and basically I can do pretty much what I wanted. So this was a blank uh, space when I got here. First thing I did, I uh, called Faye Resnick. She's a really good friend of mine, and she designed it. And she uh, just did everything first class, but we made sure it was very um, comfortable when people came in. So you come in here, and you definitely feel the elegance, but you also should feel really at home. One of the things about being at home is familiar people, and you've got a great reputation in town of keeping people, which is unusual in this business. Is that because you're giving them that kind of freedom where they know they can do their artwork, which this really is artwork? Yeah, it's a it's a combination. Um, I think of my staff as friends too, so it's like I try to do whatever I can for them, and uh, we you know we definitely have rules here, but we try to keep it as loose as possible and creative as possible. So the staff here, some of them been here with me 18 years now, and um, they're the best hairdressers anywhere. We we do classes all over together, and um, I'm just really proud of my staff, and I'm really glad that they all want to stay. Well, and people just love it here. I, I want to talk about you for a minute. You got into this business, and a rumor has it that the movie Shampoo is what did it for you. So you liked what Warren Beatty was doing back then, huh? Yeah, actually, I was in high school when I saw that movie, and I was kind of shy, to be honest with you. So I'm like, oh, my God, that seems like an easy way to meet girls. <laughs> and so um, I went to beauty school, and it was kind of easy for me. I just really liked doing hair and being artistic. And um, actually, I met my wife doing her hair, so it worked out, too. <laughs> yeah, that was mission accomplished that's great well and what you do here and what these people do when somebody comes in it's not just that you're going to do some let me let me take over and do something strange you guys really work with them to develop what can be done on that particular canvas yeah it's really important to uh try to get people the look that they want the you know but you also have to be honest with them and say you know what i think that's a little bit too much of a reach or this might be better so you're constantly sharing it shouldn't be one-sided at all i've worked in salons where they say basically sit down i'll tell you what you need but i really want to uh, listen to the clients i really want to listen to what they want their needs and uh, we try to accomplish the best look for them and give them something that's easy for them more with michael boychuk in a moment let's check in now with the wizard of odds michael shackleford Okay, let's talk about poker, because good old poker, people say, well, that's something they're just, uh, you're really competing against other people. It's really a different type of game, and the house just takes their cut. Is that, for a real gambler, is that the best game in town, or, or what? Poker is not my strong suit when it comes to gambling. I don't claim to be an outstanding poker player myself. Some of my advantage play friends do emphasize poker, and all, more power to them. 
being a good poker player requires a great deal of work and experience. And not everybody is cut out for it. I think it's kind of like chess where I think the best of players are just born gifted at that kind of game. If you feel called to poker, by all means, give it your best shot. If you don't like poker or you just find that you're not good at it, I would, I would consider mastering a different game. Compared to all the other games out there, is that the one game that has less to do with statistics, you know, and kind of chance than any other? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think poker is just about the perfect game where it's a combination of chance, math, and psychology. It, it's everything a good game should be rolled into one. So, I mean, I, I love a good poker game amongst friends. Personally, for me in the casino, I find live poker to be kind of boring because I'm only going to go in with the best of hands. And so I might actually only see the flop maybe two or three hands an hour. And I consider that kind of boring. Other people like that. And other people tend to play the same table all the time, so they see friendly faces there. So I'm not saying do play poker or don't play poker. I, that's a thing where you, I think you have to feel called that that's your game. And if you've if that's what, how you feel, then study it, know the game, and do your best at it. Thanks, Michael. Back with Michael Boychuk of the Color Salon at Caesars Palace, along with tips from Chef Justin Wells and barbecue master Mike Ross in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm John Katsalamidis of the Las Vegas Review Journal on page 3A every day and online all the time. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 
That's 800-296-1337. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Chef Justin Wells has been helping you set up your own gourmet kitchen. This week, Chef Wells takes a look at more must-have appliances. What about a mixing bowl? You know, I, I never realized what a big deal those were until my wife started getting into baking a little bit. And, oh, my God, there's a lot out there. They go all over the cost spectrum. And I guess they make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, and I tend to, you know, in a commercial setting, we have a thousand of them, and they all nest together, and so I guess I maybe overlooked that. But I think having, you know, you can get the reasonably priced metal ones. Um, you know, we just tend to use standard stainless steel uh, mixing bowls, easy to clean. You know, they work as a double boiler. Um, Zoda is the lion's share of baking for us, and so... Um, you know, I know that she has some of her favorites. I mean, she has a nice squeezing art. She has a, yeah, she has a KitchenAid. You know, she has all those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I know one of the things that she tends to tout to people if she does classes or whatever is a scale. Um, just using a small digital scale for weighing your stuff gives you a lot more accuracy with recipes. And nowadays when you get recipes from high-end bakeries, and stuff online, a lot of times they give you the weights, which are a lot easier because you can put a bowl in there, you tear the scale, and then you just start adding your ingredients until the number hits the correct amount. And it's actually a lot easier than 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 uh, scooping and using tablespoons and things like that. So, Thanks, Chef. Let's get back now to our conversation with Michael Boychuk of the Color Salon at Caesars Palace. Well, again, I, I was really lucky when I came here. Caesars wanted everything to be the best. They asked me, you know, what we needed to have, and that was one of the things. Um, we have easy access right off Flamingo, so you can just pull up, pull right in, and then you get in the elevator, you go up one floor, and you're at the salon. It couldn't be easier. The valet here are, are super people, so they take care of all my guests. And like I said, Caesars made this easy for me to give the best experience possible. I'm really fortunate to work at such a great casino. Yeah, and I guess, you know, people don't realize how important that is because you got to have that kind of cooperation, right? Because they're bringing people to you, and you've got to have that knowing that th this is a hotel that's got a world-class reputation. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to work in a few different casinos, you know, on the on the Strip and that. And um, some of them definitely don't have the same uh, attitude that Caesars does. Caesars was so into making the guest experience perfect here. They really made this the perfect destination experience you could ever have for a salon. Do you get people that come back uh, like time and again, you know, especially people in this, maybe Southern California or in Arizona or something, where they can come by every five weeks or something? Yeah, actually, we have a lot of people that come in from California. That's where I originated. I worked at Jose Bear and then I worked at Prebe in L.A. So I was at some of the biggest salons in California. So uh, a lot of my guests still follow me. And then when uh, celebrities come out here and that, they come into the salon because they know that I, I came from that background. When I was in L.A., I actually did hundreds of celebrities and um, I was very fortunate I was in the right place at the right time and I really love my craft and I just try to make people happy so what, what do you suggest you go to the website what do you say well yeah I have my own personal website you can check out some things uh, uh, michaelboychuk.com and then Caesars has a website that also tells you about the hair uh, salon and spa so you can check us out that way um, 
also Google us. We have we have really a lot of uh, great articles done on us in the past, and you'll see a lot of pictures of some celebrities that I've worked with. So there's a lot of ways to find out about us, but we welcome everyone to come in and see us personally. Sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks, Michael. The Color Salon of Caesars is open Thursday through Sunday between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Appointments are required, and all guests are required to wear masks for services. Let's welcome now Elaine York, the West Desert Regional Director of the Nature Conservancy. The land around Las Vegas is absolutely beautiful. In fact, that's part of the real appeal beyond the great lights and so forth of Las Vegas. One of those areas is the spectacular Virgin River parcel that's near Zion. And Well, Elaine, first of all, welcome. That's a really special piece of property that the, Na- the Nature Conservancy has gotten involved with, isn't it? It is, and thank you for uh, inviting me today. It's a a spectacular property, 419 acres, very close to Zion National Park, and includes two miles of the Virgin River, um, a a part of the river actually that drops into a canyon. Um, So it's uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of the river that I've seen in Utah. It's really important for a number of reasons. Uh, The habitat there is really unique to Utah, isn't it? It is, it is. So um, at many places in the West where you have these desert streams, water is incredibly important for, of course, people and wildlife. Uh, For wildlife, I've heard that maybe up to 70% of all wildlife is spending some part of its life within one mile of the stream. So it's important for many fish, birds, lizards and uh, all kinds of wildlife. In particular, in this area, we're interested in protecting habitat for some native fish that are in the Virgin River and some of them nowhere else in the world, also for um, uh, many bird species. But we we always realize that water is important for a lot of other purposes, agriculture, drinking water. And uh, with all of our projects, we work closely with a, uh, a lot of diverse partners. More with Elaine York of the Nature Conservancy coming up. Time now to talk about outdoor cooking with barbecue master Mike Ross of Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Today we discuss something that everyone seems to love, smoked brisket. Your place has the only brisket I've had outside of Texas that is just, had. there's something different about it. You know, it kind of, when you cut into it, it sort of cries a little, in a, in a good way cries, you know, the, the fat is so good. What's that all about? Is that is that about the meat, or is that really about, because you cook it old style, like you say, you, you're there you're there for the day. Yeah. Yeah, so um, our brisket, our, and most of our, and most of our meat, we, we cook it, we cook it, we don't just cook it and leave and, and take it off and wait for it to be served. And, you know, I, 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 when I go to places, a lot of places I see that, you know, it's like they, they cook and they put it on a rack and just kind of let it sit and cook and get to it when they get to it. We have a really great way of holding our food and our meat so that it maintains its moisture and does not dry out and no matter what the time of day is. And that's what really has set us apart from a lot of other places, is, and and I that I that I think in a way is is yeah we cook the meat. Sure, we all cook the meat the same, but it's what you do after that that really sets you apart. I think, and for the people who really are 
really care or just are there kind of just sending out food. So it's just, it, I think the holding process in, is so hard in, in barbecue. And not only that, the, the choice you have to make to not serve your guests leftover barbecue, which is something that we're, we're very against. Um, that's, that's a really tough one too, because, you know, you'll just, when you get fresh barbecue every single time at a restaurant, you know, that's some place that's going to stay, stay around for a while. And that's what we, we obviously want to do. Thanks, Mike. Don't forget, if you live here in Vegas or you're headed here, make sure to visit Jesse Ray's. If you mention Vegas never sleeps, they take off 15% from your bill. And that's what you call winning big in Vegas. Coming up, more with Elaine York of the Nature Conservancy and visits with your Vegas Psalm, Matt Leos, and Pawn Stars, Brett Maley, your Vegas art guru. Don't forget, all of our shows are archived on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's welcome your Vegas sommelier, Matt Leos, who also talks about great places to eat around town. Are there a couple places you can recommend where, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, but boy, you can have a special event. I mean, well, you mentioned South EDO. Point, going, that back, would be one. going back to South Point, mm-hmm. you can get those kinds of experiences. There may not be two ninety nine, and it may not be the best steak in the world, but their prime ribs pretty damn good. And they have some interesting Chinese food in that little Coronado Cafe that they have there. But the prime rib in that building, though, is pretty damn good. Um, gaming's okay there. But yeah, there's some good food. You can get good value there. The, the, it's a lo- it's it's I think that South Point's a little bit more focused on locals than than the strip itself. The strip is they got to make their money. Buffets, you always see buffets. Now we know about I'm not a buffet things. guy. I've never been a buffet well, guy. What about places like I know the Bellagio they say that all the food comes from these great restaurants and so forth. And some of these are, you know, they're not cheap. I mean, you go to like the Cosmopolitan. Uh, I guarantee VM. Bellagio has a massive kitchen the size of Probably a, a ten thousand square foot house that only makes food for the buffet. So it's not food from the restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's it, there is a chef de cuisine that is paid just to cook for or make sure that the food's cooked for the buffet. So that's that's completely separate entity. I'd imagine, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm not a buffet guy, though. I can't really elaborate too much on buffet. Yeah. I don't know why I don't like buffets. But. Thanks, Matt. Let's continue our conversation with Elaine York, West Desert Regional Director of the Nature Conservancy. Well, you mentioned the fish, but it's also important for nesting and so forth. As mm-hmm. Some of the, uh, you call them neotropical birds? Yes, yes. So usually the neotropical birds are ones that spend the winter in the tropics, so perhaps southern Mexico, Central America, some even, even South America. And then in the summer, they fly north and spend summers in places like uh, the Virgin River. And that's where they, they nest and, um, and have their young. So an example of that would be the southwestern willow flycatcher, which is quite rare. 
and doesn't doesn't actually have a nest on this property, but near the property. So it's it's still important, even when it's not nesting there, just as a place to support the birds as they're looking for food and, and traveling during migration. And it's really a bird watcher's paradise, isn't it? I mean, you have the flycatcher. There's a Wilson's warbler. I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh, I just had a conversation yesterday with the president of Audubon Society Bird Organization in Washington County, their national organization, but specifically Washington County. And he was just thrilled to hear that this property is protected and offered to go out and do a bird survey of the many different birds that you would see on the property. And then we don't want to forget our good friends, the reptiles that love that kind of weather. <laughs> yes, yes. There there are reptiles such as the leopard lizard. There's another one called the collared lizard, which has turquoise on it. Beautiful, beautiful lizards. Those are two that you might see on the property. You know, buying this property was so important. And really, it was, again, the Nature Conservancy, which we love, working with the state and so forth. You have to do those kind of things, right, if we really want to protect these lands. Yes, yes. So this is a project we've been working on for several years. We had been talking with the landowners who initially were thinking about developing the property. And then after they talked to us, they kind of had a change of heart, said, you know, this really is a spectacular property. We would like to see it conserved. So uh, we worked with them, signed an option, and then um, a big challenge was, of course, raising the funds that would be needed to, to purchase the property. We worked closely with the state of Utah and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, a federal agency, and applied for um, a large grant from them. And then also had a small team of people who were working with a couple of foundations, individual, and uh, had just tremendous support from locals and people from throughout the state. Washington County, you mentioned before, I understand that's a really growing population base and so forth in the country. And therefore, you kind of have to do this now, right? Because as this thing continues to grow, you got to make sure that you can protect these lands because people can cause trouble. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Kind of a, a tricky path to walk to figure all of this out. We are working with a group in Washington County called the Virgin River Program. It includes federal, state, and local partners and the Nature Conservancy. And um, we, whenever it possible, we do buy land so that we can uh, protect that. When I say we, also Washington County Water Conservancy District has bought land. And so we're looking at, kind of zoom out on Washington County, a number of different parcels along the Virgin River that we can protect. So there's a whole system of good habitat for animals. We're certainly not expecting to buy up everything. There are many parcels that are important for agriculture, recreation. Uh, The Water Conservancy District is the agency that um, provides water for the communities in Washington County. So uh, it it has to be a balanced approach, of course. And you mentioned uh, Washington County's growing population. For the last four decades, the population, human population, has doubled every decade. So a very popular place with um, many retirees and, and then, of course, locals, too. The population's growing. It's a beautiful place, and you have millions of visitors, right, because they're headed out to Zion. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Zion National Park is uh, one of the most visited parks in the, Nas- in, in the United States. Yeah, a huge number every year. And then, and then too, state parks, there's a number of 
reservoirs, beautiful places to hike. So it attracts people from all over the world. Well, and people, particularly people that have cars, you come out to Las Vegas, it's really worth the trip. It's not that far, and it's really something to see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spectacular. It is. It is. It's uh, maybe a little slower pace than uh, Las Vegas, but incredibly beautiful. And I don't know, what's the distance? Maybe just a couple of hours from Las Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Well, Elaine, always a pleasure to talk to the Nature Conservancy. You're a fantastic group. If people want to donate or get involved and so forth, where can they look on, online? Um, if you go to www.nature.org and then forward slash Utah, you could find some information on um, the Nature Conservancy in Utah, and there would be a place where people could uh, donate. I can also give a, a phone number, Please. 801-531-0999. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us. Well, thank you, Elaine. It's a pleasure talking with you. We'll talk with you again. Time now to welcome back the art appraiser from Pawn Stars, your Vegas art expert, Brett Maley. Today, Brett says you must remember that great art is enhanced by its presentation. We've talked about it a number of times, just how important framing is to bring out a piece and so forth. And I'm just wondering, do you find yourself kind of talking people away from certain things? Because somebody might look at a, a frame and say, oh, my God, that's way too ornate, or just the opposite. And in reality, for that particular piece, nope, you got to think a little differently. Yeah, when it comes to framing a piece of artwork, I mean, that's very much a personal uh, taste, every bit, every bit as much as the art purchase itself. So although I try to, you know, guide people as to what might set the piece off best, and our framing staff here, they're experts, they've won awards at designing frames for works, ultimately it's your decision. And, you know, fortunately here at Art Encounter, we've got molding from Italy. We've got, you know, whatever you want, be it ornate or something streamlined that, you know, uh, you know, leaves more of the impetus on the artwork itself. We can accommodate you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you ever see anybody that kind of the old brown loafers on a tuxedo where, you know, that just isn't right? Well, absolutely. And, yeah, the framing makes all the difference. I mean, we, we've had some pieces that have been brought in here that uh, have been million-dollar pieces, and they've gotten, you know, they got $10 frames on them. And, and it, it just really, you can't, can't take your eye off the frame. And uh, same thing, I've seen $20 posters framed by our framing department where they look like million-dollar pieces. So the framing is something you really do want to give consideration to, both from an aesthetic standpoint and also, too, from a preservation and conservation standpoint, framing is crucial to preserving your investment. You want to make sure you have, uh, you know, uh, acid-free materials. You want to make sure that it's UV protected, different things like that. And here at Art Encounter, we can advise you on that as well. Thanks, Brett. Don't forget to visit Brett's incredible gallery in Vegas, Art Encounter. And through July 31st, Art Encounter is offering 25% off of all framing services. Just remember to mention Vegas Never Sleeps. Up next, this week's edition of the Sports Rock on Tours. We're getting ready for baseball. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. To re-emerge stronger and safer than ever, ask yourself these crucial questions. Should all restaurants, retailers, and venues have new safety and sanitation procedures in place? As a business owner, how can you assure your valued guests that proper protocols are being followed? How can you give your guests confidence knowing that you've prioritized their health and safety? Introducing VirusSafe Pro. 
a revolutionary mobile technology software that provides checklists, reminders, and confirmations to help your team perform health and safety measures right on schedule. It allows you to close the information gap in the workplace by giving your employees a dedicated source of credible instructions in a timely manner, right from their mobile devices. Validate compliance with health and wellness standards, provide regular safety and health messaging, and confirm that approved protocols have been performed all in real time and an easy to read dashboard. Tracking and verifying health and safety procedures in your business has never been more important. To learn more about how VirusSafe Pro can help you reopen, visit VirusSafePro.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to the Sports Rock on Tours. Usually, by this time of year, we'd already be through with over half of the baseball season. But this year, we're just now getting ready to start. So, today we start a feature, the first of a series of conversations with Dan Schlossberg, who's written over 25,000 articles and over 40 books on the subject of baseball. Well, let's start with broadcasters, because I'm interested in that, obviously. Everybody thinks Vin Scully's the best there is, and I can't—I have no argument with that. Who else did you find out there that maybe some people might not know, but regionally, they were just incredible? Well, Ernie Harwell is a personal favorite, both as a person and a broadcaster. He was the guy who was on television announcing Bobby Thompson's pennant-winning home run, the shot heard around the world, when Russ Hodges was the guy on radio, and everybody remembers Russ Hodges called the Giants win the pennant. And the reason they remember that call is because he said it nine times. He never gave the score because his scorecard blew out the window, and he didn't know the score. Really? Okay, I, I didn't realize that. I, I always remember that, too, and it was one of those times where – and it gets, it gets back to Scully. You're not supposed to be a homer or anything. Well, I think Hodges in that particular case was a little that way, but I guess he was such a good announcer that it didn't really matter. Well, in that situation, you can almost excuse as being a homer because it was such a surprise for everyone, both the Giants and the Dodgers and everybody in baseball, that he had a home run in that situation. I mean, what a great shot. Probably the most dramatic shot in baseball history. And you mentioned Ernie Harwell, great guy. I got to meet him, of course, towards the end of his career, but just loved in Detroit and was one of those guys that you could go in there as an 18-year-old kid, knock on the door, and he'd sit there and talk to you for half hour. That's the kind of guy he was. He was great. He was also a prolific songwriter, wrote a whole bunch of songs, including Hooked on a Feeling, B. Day Thomas made into a big hit, and several others. I mean, Ernie was just a great, great guy. And he announced for the Dodgers and the Giants and the Orioles before he went to Detroit. Wow, and then became part of Detroit legend, you know. I mean, really, him and I guess it was Paul Carey he did the games with. I mean, they did that for decades, as I recall. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, Ernie's career started because he was traded for a catcher. He was a broadcaster for the Atlantic Crackers in the minor leagues when Walter O'Malley was coming through Florida back from spring training, and Red Barber had taken sick, and he needed an announcer really quickly. And he heard Ernie Harwell on the air, and so he called up the president of the Atlantic Crackers and said, I would like to sign Harwell to work for the Brooklyn Dodgers. How can we do this? And the owner of the Crackers said, I need a catcher. So they traded Cliff Stapper, a minor league catcher, for Ernie Harwell. And this is why the new baseball Bible is really a must-have. I mean, there's tons of stories like this. And again, you talk about superstars. There's no questions. But like you mentioned, oddballs. And I love that. And I was thinking, you actually rate the owners and so forth. And I wanted to ask you about one that I grew up with, Charlie Finley of the Oakland A's. I mean, he certainly falls into that category, doesn't he? I'm glad you brought him up because 
One of my articles that I write for Forbes.com, I'm the national baseball writer for Forbes.com, I wrote an article endorsing Charlie Finley for the Hall of Fame. I think it's a travesty that he's not there. Bill Beck is there, Larry, Larry McPhail is there. You know, Finley definitely should be there. So many innovations, so many great ideas. He was an abrasive guy for sure, as George Steinbrenner was too. But Finley did so much for baseball. So many of his ideas were adopted, colored uniforms, night World Series games, designated runners are just coming in, designated hitters, you name it, Finley came up with it first. Yeah, it was incredible. And the other part that's interesting is he did it without a general manager. And quite frankly, that team of the A's, which was my first favorite team back in the early 70s, that was one of the best teams of all time that he assembled. It sure was. That team won five straight divisions and sandwiched into that three consecutive world championships. Just amazing. And Finley made all the trades himself. He was a very hands-on owner. Managers had difficulties with him, which leads me to my next question. You talk about different managers and so forth. What do you think about Frank Robinson? Great guy and so forth, really a trailblazer, great baseball player. And I wanted you to compare him to, say, Billy Martin. Robinson was a much better baseball player, but it seems like Martin was a better manager. Do you think the reason for that was that Martin, because he he knew you had to put so much into it yourself, you couldn't rely on the great talent that Robinson really was able to, to rely on? Well, it's a good question. Martin, oh, first of all, Frank Robinson did win manager of the year in both leagues, so you've got to hand that to him. But Martin was a scrappy guy and really, really tremendous manager. Every time he got to a new team, he would win right away because his theory was he wanted to keep the five guys who hated him away from the five guys who were undecided. <laughs> that's great. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about him, again, I got to know him early in my career when he was with the A's. He was a guy that you knew as a fan, if you were upset that your team lost, you could be comfortable that he was madder than you were, no matter what. <laughs> you know, he took it seriously. You could always see the veins in his neck bulging as he argued with the umpires. And you know what? I really missed that because with the video replay, you don't have the arguments anymore. In fact, Brian Snitker, the manager of the Braves, said he missed the two. He likes the personal arguments. Well, yeah, and I think personal arguments like that, that could fire up a team, right? I mean, if they go out there and, and a manager goes out, you know, it was a bad call, and he, he goes out and gives it all he's got, it kind of gets the team going, you know, let's go, and kind of maybe wakes them up a little. Yeah, very much so, and, we, and I missed that too. That was part of the game. Tommy Lasorda was another one who was great at that. When he got mad, you could really see the veins in his neck bulging. Yeah, and he was fun, too, for sportscasters and so forth, because if you brought a microphone in there, he might, you know, if, if you could bleep out things, you could get some great quotes from him. Oh, yeah, he was terrific. And I knew these guys. I knew all these managers. I knew Bobby Cox very well. And by the way, Bobby Cox, 158 ejections. No one is ever going to touch that record, especially now without the arguments that, that we just talked about. But I, I did a book with Al Clark, who was an umpire for 26 years in the major leagues. And I said, Al, how many times did you throw Bobby out of the game? Al said, I never threw him out. So I said, what do you mean you never threw him out? And Al said, he and I were both old school guys. We understood each other, and we never said the words that you know, needed to result in injection. But I'll tell you one thing, that Al Clark once threw Frank Robinson out during the national anthem. I said, what are you talking about, Al? How could you do that? Al said, I had a rule. My rule was you have an argument one day, the next day you start fresh. Clean slate. And Frank came out with the lineup card and started up yesterday's argument all over again. So we were arguing during the national anthem. I said, what happened? He said, the league reprimanded us both. They fined us both. I said, Al, if you had to do it again, what would you do? And Al said, I'd wait till the damn song ended. <laughs> that's great. You know, that's kind of a scary thing because there's some talk about really cameras and so forth and the uh, judge in the crowd taking over for umpires and that kind of thing. 
I think that would lose a little for the game, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, some of the ball and strike calling has been a little bit spotty lately, especially in the postseason, but that's part of the game. It happens for both teams. The one I can think back on is 1997 National League Championship Series. Remember Eric Gregg umpiring a game pitched by Greg Maddox for the Braves against Levon Hernandez of the Marlins. Levon Hernandez wound up with 15 strikeouts and a 2-1 to win as the Marlins won the pennant because they won the League Championship Series. However, in his next start in the World Series, with a good ball and strike umpire named Randy Marsh behind the plate, Levon Hernandez only had two strikeouts and eight walks and lost the game. It's incredible. And that's what's fun about this book, because you went through a number of different games. People forget it. And one I wanted to talk with you about, because as soon as I read it, I said, oh, I got to ask him about it, was the one, the great pitching duel between Juan Marichal and Warren Spahn. This was just a great battle, right? And I think Willie Mays ended up winning it in what, the 14th, 15th inning, something like that. But, you know, you can't even think of a complete game, uh, nine games, unless somebody's got a no hitter. And for them to go that long, it's unheard of today. It's a great story. That was in 1963, and Spahn was 42 years old. Marischal was about 20 years younger, and it was 16 innings, actually. Mays did win it with a home run in the bottom of the 16th. But both pitchers went all the way and threw more than 200 pitchers. But in 1999, at Fenway Park, when they announced the team of the century, Spahn and Marischal were both there, and they were talking about that game, and they were together. And Marischal said... Alvin Dark wanted to pinch hit for me and take me out of the game. And I said, as long as that old man's out there, I'm staying in. And Spahn said, hey, you know what? Bobby Bregan wanted to pinch hit for me, too. And I said, as long as that young guy's out there, I'm staying in. So both guys pitched the whole game, 16 innings. Never happened today. Thanks, Dan. Dan Schlossberg will be with us with more next week. Go to our website and check out the Sports Rock on Tour page. You can hear an expanded version of this conversation, plus a number of other great sports stories. And if you have a sports story you'd like us to share, please contact me at Stephen at VegasNeverSleeps.com. Have you been portnoy yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? Well, you know, Mona Van something. She's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been portnoy I went... Ooh, I kind of like that. And what Portnoy means is you send me a photograph and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you. And then I cartoon the body. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idroppeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age, memory is the second thing that goes. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you to join us again at Vegas Never Sleeps, where you can take a little Vegas home with you. Vegas, here we go!